Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Big good week for MLB news here. I mean, stuff that changed since last week that's relevant for our discussion. Some pitchers have found homes. Who are you most excited by from the list of Grinky, Manea, Cueto, and Miley? I think Manea has the highest upside. Yeah. Yeah. If that San Francisco team is doing well, that, that could be really that could be really good stuff. I don't disagree with you. I think I I don't honestly, my love affair with Grinky is over. Oh, yeah. I mean, how, how old is he? I mean, I used, I, I thought maybe there would be something there last year. Cueto, I, Cueto, I think, is really interesting. Wade Miley, I don't care about. So if I had to rank these, Manea, Cueto, Grinky, Miley. But, so the, I, re, I put Miley in here, too, because I knew that you would feel that way. His, uh, in, in the field, I am absence of field. <laughs> in the Brewers' order... Miley is the absence of an interesting pitcher getting innings pitched. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so he is directly in the way of Freddie Peralta, Eric Lohr getting innings pitched, and I don't know, Adrian Hauser taking a step yep. in the right direction. So it's <laughs> in the field. I am absence of field. <laughs> I do feel bad about that, but I mean, you're absolutely right. I keep moving to keep things whole. <laughs> I also wanted to bring another thing up here, which was this, this article from The Athletic on the summarizing the MLB schedule change, I actually really like a lot of this article because it has so many numbers in it. I mean, this is the type of thing that if I had, didn't have a day job, I would be interested in writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, what are the key takeaways? I hadn't seen this this article. Well, the key takeaways are that all of the stu- all of the analysis that we did last year, talking about games versus own division, remember when we did how many mm-hmm. left-handers are they facing, how many right-handers, that's approximately 30% less important now. <laughs> So last year, every team played 76 games against its own division. This year, 52. So because they're they're cranking interleague play up again. So effectively, all of those advantages that you might have snuck out because you were saying, well, this division's weak for this pitcher, or you know they're going to face this team a lot, that's all <laughs> more or less gone out the window. And now you have to pay attention to guys facing every other team well this sucks uh i mean if you want to talk about being curmudgeonly old men i mean i can say we didn't even see the heyday of it was like you played your division and that was it <laughs> well i i agree i mean well first of all i yes it's curmudgeonly from that side even though i think that would be more fun because you know you actually build rivalries and and <laughs> interesting things but also if you want a modern take on this they talk about the increase in air miles for each one of these teams. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. is traveling so much further. If you go to the end of this article, if you go way down, <laughs> there's a headline, did somebody forget the Yankees are in the AL East? Because the Yankees are playing as many games against the Twins in April as the rest of the AL East. <laughs> the Red Sox don't go to Yankee Stadium until June 9th. This is not okay. I know, I know. The Giants 
are basically crossing the country repeatedly. They're playing as they. Ha- of course, they have to. I can't imagine San Diego has has to fly so. F- I mean, I yeah. guess San Diego and Boston must be the ones that have to fly the most. Uh, I don't know if they have raw number of air miles. They have biggest changes in here. I mean, you can compute these. This is something that I like is that they actually have you know biggest increase in air miles. So the Giants have the biggest year-on-year increase, and then it's Giants, Cardinals, A's, Rockies. Red Sox. I mean, these are material things because you're talking about. Oh well, yeah. I guess the Rockies make sense because they're not near anybody. You're talking about twelve percent increases at least. I mean, no, you're talking about almost thirty percent increases in some of these cases for teams and how much they're traveling. That adds up. As a guy who. All right. So there's noise <laughs> about like reducing air travel and greenhouse gas emissions. Not in the MLB. So there isn't. Manfred just is like, no. You know what? Noise. Done. Let's do something that our viewers, who are old and curmudgeonly don't like change, they're status quo people, they're conservative-minded, let's make them upset. Well, also, the young generation that we're hoping to travel, that we're hoping to travel with us into this new era of MLB will also somehow be upset. Good job, Bob. Okay, we haven't been talking about football on the pod too frequently, but I want to bring up this possibility of Man City punishments that just came down, just because I like what it says about differences between sports. Um, Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about relegation and type things, but Man City is looking at punishments that by the book include up to expulsion of from the league. (laughs) So they'd have to go down a level and then play their way back up. Yeah. The other thing that I think is really interesting. I mean, I think that's, I think that's pretty unlikely, but the fact that you could just, that they they are also they can just take away points from them in the table, and I just love the idea that in the middle of a season you can just be like, no, points gone, <laughs> you're losing points. Yeah, yeah, it, it is very just the the soccer system generally is just so different than our American sports. <laughs> I just, I mean, I yeah, no, I I agree. I think I was I was sort of idly dreaming about what would baseball be like if you could just take games away <laughs> from people. You know, like oh the Astros are now uh, you know, five game negative five games. <laughs> They're like Sure, let's do it. I know, I know. So They should have. So I guess I'm going to watch this is my point. I'm going to watch whatever happens to Man City and just think about how this could happen for um what what this could mean for the MLB? I think it's really I think it's really interesting to, you know, to be sort of unfettered by the idea that a team has to win games to, uh, be the top of the table. <laughs> it is so. This is so this is so prescient because I just was discussing us having this debate. Um, we turned on the Man City Tottenham game yeah. yesterday, and then it was stated in the room that they've been good all of our. All of our lives, and I was like, hmm, all of our adult adult lives it hasn't been forever. It's been since like the last fifteen years. Yep. So last week we looked a little bit algorithmically and at least got our ducks in a row with getting pitchers onto the right teams. This week, what I what I would <laughs> title this in would be we're gonna try and add some reality into IPs again, like we did with plate appearances. Uh, eventually forecasting innings pitched reaches a limit where the algorithm can only take you so far. Guys on a different team or guys in a different role or <laughs> guy at TJ and now he's back. Uh, and yeah, yep, yep. We need to address all of those things. So we're, we're trying to take a look at that. 
And we're trying to do sort of a happy marriage of algorithm and doing stuff by hand. So let's get into it. Yeah, you got you gave me the well, you put together the qualitative pitching order last week. We discussed a little bit on the podcast. Go ahead, re listen to six point four three where we talk we got to hear some of my fresh reactions. Over the course of the week, I spent a little bit of time looking at each one of these and trying to trying to really fit it into our mental model of how we want this data to be structured because it's pitching order, right? But it's really the number of innings pitched. We're ranking the number of predicted innings pitched at the end of the year, which is both the pitching order as well as assumptions on injuries, mm-hmm. as well as assumption on how what the leash is going to be for different mm-hmm. pitchers. So a lot of really interesting stuff as I went through where um, I'm taking, I was trying to do this in, I was trying to touch what you'd done as as lightly as possible Mm -hmm. because you had done a qualitative, well, it's qualitative, wasn't, wasn't as quantitative as, as quite wanted, but who cares, right? Because as we talked about, Merrill Kelly is the number one innings innings pitcher getter (laughs) in Arizona. And you know what? Just left it. Just left that way because why not? Um, there were a lot, the, number one, I was looking for injury and opportunity. Number one, I was looking for injury. Number two, I was looking for opportunity. Number three, I was looking for, I really ended up seeing is like, these are the upside guys. The ones that we're going to, we want to give them an extra 25 innings pitched mm-hmm. for our projections. So why not just throw it into the model and see what happens? Like the Shane McClanahan, you know, if we wanted to be want to pussyfoot around yeah we'd put like we'd, we'd have him as number three or number or even number two but let's make him the number one pitcher in, in tampa bay and give him a little extra innings uh and see what happens in, in our in modeled outcomes um any one of these that you want to talk about i mean i think the number of guys with tj or flexor tender and injuries and all these things who aren't going to start spring training and immediately push down yep. was was already really helpful yeah, I think, I mean, I'm most interested in the teams where somebody has to get innings, <laughs> you know, but we don't know what's going on. So I'm looking at, like, Cincinnati. Pittsburgh. I'm looking at the Nationals. Yeah, I'm looking, obviously, at Pittsburgh. I mean, it's like, um, I don't know. A bunch of these are kind of a challenge. It, but somebody on that team is going to have to eat innings. So is there something interesting there? I, I don't know. No, I I th- I think that's my first thought uh-huh. too. I I actually I had like sort of gone through this conversation in my head that you're going to be interested in that, and I was going to say like actually look at these and say no, we're not interested in any of these guys past the like the number one innings innings getter in those like Cincinnati Hunter Green cool yeah I might want to own him yeah Nick Lodolo probably not he might be worth it for like a week or two. Okay. A couple of spot starts. Yeah. Jeremy Ashcroft, Luis Sessa, Luke Weaver. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Where'd we get the dregs of this? I thought that was, he was thrown in the Mariana Trench. <laughs> there are only a couple teams where I'm even remotely interested in their number five pitcher. Like the guy. Oh, I took it. Fair, fair enough. Fair the enough. guy that came in at number five. I mean, uh, so, and honestly, those are also equal. Those on some level are equally interesting because we've shown that there's a relationship between pitcher order and the number of innings pitched. And so I'm looking at the Dodgers and it's like Urias, Gonsolin, Kershaw, Syndergaard, May, like somebody's not going to get a lot of innings. Yeah. <laughs> Who is oh, it? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Dustin. Yeah, so Dustin May came and we had a conversation about Walker Bueller, yeah. and then put, to put in the research and oh yeah, he had Tom, Tommy John in August, so he's he's not coming back. Um, Dustin May is the guy who slotted for the number five, and well, that's really going to hurt his value. I, I I like him as a pitcher, I like watching him, but also it's probably good for him to actually get through the the whole season. Yeah, two hundred two hundred innings of Dustin May would mean that he would be done. Potentially for his career. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, Homer Bailey style. That one year. That one year. Homer Bailey. Oh, oftener, and then one year. Let's do it. This is a Homer Bailey fake Batman year. Awesome. Never again. I liked. I liked that Homer Bailey year. That was a great year. It was fun. Which one of the twins are you gonna own? Oh, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I mean, I think. If I were to pick anybody, it's probably Chris Paddock, who's your number six. You know, come on. <laughs> okay. Oh, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think okay. Let me be let me be serious for a minute about teams that I actually am interested in following. Seattle. What about this yes. lineup? Yeah. I mean, when we get to the actual projections in a second, you'll see that Castillo did not fare that well. <laughs> oh, really? Um. I think Luis well Luis Castillo's track record does not mean that he gets a lot of uh, a lot of love in the innings. Okay, so you are so you're not gonna, you're, you're taking what the model is with the and then you're then you're smoothing it with the, what he's what he's done. Yeah, so let me let me skip. Okay, so I'll skip ahead. So we've done this, and I think this is a great baseline. So this is the like qualitative. We went in, we tinkered with this what do we think is going to happen? Let's try and make our best guess. And then, yeah, like you said, I smoothed it out by taking a look at what they've actually done. So I have a new sheet here for us to, for us to discuss. And what I did was I have our model for 2023, what we, what our model predicts for them or, you know, our hand built model, what they actually got in each of the last four years. And I tuned 2020 up (laughs) to be, to be on par with everything else. So there's some debate there. And then I just assigned a weight to each of those and look to see at what that meant for the total overall. This is a little sneaky. Um, it's a little unfair to a bunch of guys, a few guys that I've highlighted. But I think this is a better way to account for, you know, some projections and and then <laughs> and then also what we feel and. Okay, you you just immediately jump to Adam Wainwright, who yes is our fourth highest innings pitcher getter. But let me tell you why: because 2019, 171; 2020, 176 prorated; 2021, 206 innings; 2022, 191 innings. We've backed him off to 185 because we, in order, say that he's at 165. But our no, our regression order here. Oh, oh, is, I see. We backed him off in, in our hand picking. We said yeah. probably 165, yeah. and then our regression said, "Well, actually, let's bump it up by about 20 innings pitch there, guy." Yeah, because he gets he does that. But we did. But there is a big uncertainty band here, which is basically trying to which is just just the standard deviation of the recent stuff, trying to say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, "Well, it's probably in here somewhere, but we're not 100 percent sure." <laughs> Man, okay. So Adam Wainwright, I I get it, I freaking get it, and we're gonna get 185. So so we're gonna be what like twenty positions higher on Adam Wainwright than anybody else because we're like we're we're saying he's gonna get 185 innings. But but tell me that he's not going to get 185 innings. He got 191 last year. 
<laughs> right, yeah, take 14, uh, 15 innings off. And yeah, take 15, 176 would be just like the, the like seat of your pants um, regression that you would do from 2021 to 2022 to 2023. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately... We're gonna get a lot of Adam Wainwright this. I year. mean, I, I, it's funny because because this is I mean this is how we're this is how you're supposed to use this exercise is you're supposed to look at everything and think that doesn't seem right or that does seem right or oh that's a little unexpected. I mean, I'm not saying that this is wrong. I'm just <laughs> saying it's like you know it's unfortunate. So we have the top ten innings getters. What do we got? What do we got? Uh, Twelve. So we got Sandy Alcantara. I think that makes sense. Well. I don't know. It might make sense. Aaron Nola, Garrett Cole, Adam Wainwright, Merrill Kelly, Corbin Burns, Hugh Darvish, Framber Valdez, Max Freed, and Joe Musgrove. I mean, I, I would say, yeah, Adam Wainwright, I think, has is Adam Wainwright is most likely to not be in that group, I think. Well, there's a couple of interesting things in the sense that both Max Freed and Joe Musgrove, we based on where we put them, we were saying that they were gonna get more innings that they've ever than they've ever gotten in a season. Right, so we flagged them both as the number one pitcher on their teams equals 190 innings. Neither one of them has ever cracked 185, has ever gone above 186, I should say. So Max Fried got 185 last year. Well, but then this this worked perfectly. Then for yep. for just Joe Musgrove, that worked perfectly because we said as a number one pitcher on a team, he should get 190. Last year, he got 181. That balances out him in 2020 getting 106. So he ends up with 179. Our our models. That that I mean that's that's why the model works. Right. I think it's a, it's a good case. Max Fried the same thing. I actually, to be perfectly honest, I think that the top of this list is great. <laughs> I'm actually like super happy with these numbers, and we actually have wow. Our uncertainty for 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 Joe Musgrove is five and a third innings. So pencil him unless he gets unless he gets an surprising out of out of left field or right field i guess um injury he's gonna get 179 plus or minus five and a half innings yeah but i mean look at what he look at what he got he's gotten 181 two years in a row so it's i see it and the and first pitchers get 190 so it's pretty hard to break that trend (laughs) yeah but do note i mean especially as we get into the pitcher 11 through 20 like it's, it's not quality really no, it is guys that just to throw innings, right? I mean, this, right? I mean, the thing that we haven't done is convolve this with their rates, so you don't. I mean, we should not view this as a ranking. This is purely an innings pitch just, getting. Yes. That's it. The correlation between value at the end of the year and innings pitch, there is a, a good correlation, yeah, but it is not the only one. Yeah. Now, spots where we start to struggle are places where guys haven't pitched very much so you're close to miles mickless and alex manoa here who are right around number 30 for innings pitched they're both number one pitches on the teams they both got a huge number of innings last year but because of regression we're a tiny bit nervous about forecasting them <laughs> right around 200 which actually probably makes sense because after a really big year there's a chance that you're gonna that you're gonna go back but well miles mickless wow. has had a, a weird a weird run right because he didn't pitch in 2020 he only got 44 innings in 2021. And then he's back to his usual self in 200 innings right. last year. And he's the kind of guy that will – he doesn't put speed on the ball. He just gets out there and, and faces batters. So 
so that's why we have a confidence band of yeah just a teeny tiny <laughs> 88 innings around that 100 i mean i'm sorry i i need confidence bands because I, it's not fair to say one number 164 miles miklas we're done i'm gonna go ahead and say that that is not evenly that's no. an asymmetric confi- confidence. I'm, I'm not as confident. I don't think he's going to get 230 innings, <laughs> but but could he? Well, like, could he? Could he get injured? Yeah, but the, I mean, this is 2013. Yeah, same thing as Alec Manoa here. Alec Manoa actually kind of makes sense, right? So we're forecasting 162 plus minus 47. So he could get 200 innings pitched, but he could also be really tired from last year <laughs> and get 120. He very well, could be. Yeah. No, I think that I think that that makes sense for 160. Yeah. The place where we really have trouble, obviously, is if you scroll further and further down and you get to the guys that really have blank zeros where that came out of nowhere. Like Nick Lodolo, who has already been mentioned on the pod already. <laughs> we don't know what to expect for him because last year is the only year he pitched, and he pitched 103 innings. Mm. So it's hard for us to forecast much more than that. So there is a trend here, which is that I'm treating zeros as straight-up zeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we could weight them in some way. Like... George Kirby, who we talked about in the terms of the Seattle lineup, he's also way down there. But he did pitch 130 innings last year. Based on where he's at in the order, we only forecast 90. Unfortunately, that works out to us basically only projecting him for 90 innings. But he's got to get more than that, right? One would think. Yeah, because a zero for... I guess Jack Flaherty doesn't have a zero. Um, Jack Flaherty is funky. (laughs) Jack Flaherty, we end up saying 60, 67 innings. Uh, oh, the mighty have fallen. Yeah, I think that we do keep it a zero. I think that makes more sense, unfortunately, than, than trying to like fake something that'll just hurt. Well, the the nice thing about the nice thing about the zeros is that they factor into the way that I've calculated uncertainties, which is a standard deviation. So. Uh-huh. We have some, so even when there is a zero, we're saying, whoa, there's a zero here. <laughs> like George Kirby, we have 87 plus minus 66 innings pitched, which I think saying, yeah, he could get up to 150, 160 innings seems about right. I'd it'd be hard pressed to see him much higher than that. Yeah. So Kirby. I guess on, on some, the question is, I think going forward, I really like both the regression and the uncertainty numbers. The question is, what do we do with these? We put, we pop the regression in as the denominator but do we care about the uncertainty what do we do i know we've talked about this do we want to do we want to try to like model the different outcomes of within that uncertainty to help us to help us decide what pick right i mean we could certainly do we could certainly do upside things and take a look at you know okay what's the upside number for each one of these guys well yeah i mean Miles Mikolos, two, 230 innings <laughs> or whatever it is, is going to be insane. I know. But but when you're getting like a, a K every other inning, it who, who cares? It's not really going to help anything else. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I think that we I think that we use, use this progression number. And I don't think that, I, I think that, you know, we have this uncertainty number and maybe we can use that for the manual tink, t- tinkling. Yeah. <laughs> Tinkering. But sure. Let's let's take this regression number. Put let's put it through the model and see see what we get. I'd be interested to see what what pitchers move the. We want to see what pitchers move the most, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing we can do is we can start to compare this regression number to other people's inning pitched guesses. 
mm-hmm. which again are coming out as complete black boxes. We have no idea why <laughs> people have. Yeah, do you want me to pull that? Yeah, I think if you wanted to take a look at comparing these, I'll run this regression and the plate appearance regression through our as the denominators through our uh, the k-means clustering, and then we'll have real stats. Let's do that. That's great. That'll be I, and let's talk th- through those of this first one and two pods next year. Yeah, exactly. Pod 7.0 is going to be a full-on here's what we got. Nice. I think that about brings us to the review session. Tyler Glass now. Needs a haircut, but apart from that, it <laughs> doesn't need a haircut. Uh, I I mean, he's pretty handsome. He can do what he wants. Wow. Wow, this guy. Uh, do you do you want his 2022 numbers? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk his 2021 All right. So his 2021 numbers here, I mean, still a little, still pretty weak. He's got, so he pitches 88 innings in this. However, 123 strikeouts, ERA of 2.66, 0.93 whip. That's good for five wins. I mean, if we do talk about his, if we do mention his 2022, okay, he only pitched six innings. He did get 10 strikeouts, and they were good innings. <laughs> but, you know, they yeah. were the very end of the season because he was out. <laughs> uh, yeah, poor guy. Ooh, left on base 100% last year. Good for him. I think that's going to regress to the mean. <laughs> I will mention that we do, unfortunately, only forecast him for 58, 55 innings right now. <laughs> Ooh, that's one that might be adjusted, but I don't know. I mean... The guys after a Tommy John year, it can be anywhere from like they have just a couple of starts and then kind of take a back seat to uh-huh. they're in the hundred forty range. Well, his biggest year is the is the up is upscaled pandemic year. <laughs> I mean, in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of years that we're actually trying to draw some insight from, and I'm personally not comfortable going off of that. The inning, the year that he actually has ever gotten the most is 2018 when he spends time on Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay teams pitches. Well, and, and that's, it's a really big point is that he's on Tampa Bay team where we're in, yep. you are not sure yep. what they're going to do with him. Yep. I have. So I think what, where'd we put him? We put him down, I think at number three in their lineup. No, number four in their lineup. Yeah. I put him down at four. Yeah. So, which, which I think is, I mean, I think it's fair, and they're a comically difficult team to <laughs> to project what we what to do with them. Yeah, and and putting them up at, at number four just kind of actually it hurts more than anything. It hurts Zach Eflin, yeah, <laughs> who is probably going to be the number four inning scatter if he does what he has done his whole career, which is just go out there and pitch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what he should do. I, Tyler Glass now six eight <laughs> did not realize that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. He's a little. That's scary. He's rather skinny. That's scary for me. He's not. That's not the pinnacle of health always. I no. The guys that are six eight two hundred, it's a little bit more concerning than the guys that are six eight three hundred in a way. I mean, so he's been in the league for seven years and he's only pitched four hundred innings. I mean, I remember when he was going to be the next I, big. I thing. know, I know, and people invested him like he was the next big thing. I okay. I I remember he was. It was like. People that were thinking Cole was going to be the guy yeah. were like, what are you talking about? He's not in the Pittsburgh, and that's that stable that they had. It was Glass now was supposed to be the best. Yes. I mean, he has a profile that screens like a great pitcher, right? He His he, his fastball comes in at 97 miles an hour. He's got a 91-mile-an-hour slider and a great contrast curve. I mean, he's got i you know i i hate to even attempt to guess but what is his what are people valuing him at this year i mean it must be low right what do you think what do you think that he's um 
What do you think is ADP? What do you think his ADP is? Man, I well, this can't be right. I've historically been atrocious at this, but I'm going to go with 60. Is he really high or really low? No, he's at 84 in ADP. Okay, so that's that's I I was trying to go like way high because that is hugely valuable. <laughs> 84. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty valuable. Um he's best is 44 his worst is 141 so that really shows you the kind could of you, the could you imagine taking him 44 holy cow and someone else getting him at 141 yeah. could you imagine someone being like this is going to be a tgfbi oh yeah someone's going to be like i reached on him at 50 and someone else is going to be like i got him at 160 i mean it, if he works out it would be incredible. So, what what number pitcher does that mean? He, but he, that means you're twenty six. Yeah. So I was gonna say you're gonna have to pick him in your, as your second TGFBI pitcher. Um, ah, uh, that feels risky. Uh yeah. Someone's gonna go in with Shane Bieber and Tyler Glass now <laughs> as their number one. <laughs> they might get they might get three hundred and fifty innings out of the two uh-huh. of them together. They might get fifty innings out of the mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you you could get. You could get 450Ks out of the two of them easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 350 Yeah, exactly. Or or you could get 100Ks out of the two of them. I mean, yeah. oh, boy. But think about that. And then the guy, if you were to take the guy, oh, I guess Robbie Ray is not a good example. But, yeah, but you could take Robbie Ray and Carlos Rodon. Those are 13 and 20, pitcher 13 and 27. Yeah. And you can just sign yourself up for that 400Ks yeah. and just know that your ERA and WHIP are going to be like. But there's, fine. but there's no reason to expect that Glasnow's ERA is going to be great. I mean, sure, he had a like the last f- full big quotes year that he pitched is 2020, and he has a four ERA. In 2018, yeah, his, his big year is 4.27. Okay, all right, but his number his X ERA was 3.13 that year. His X FIP was 2.75. Oh, okay, so, all right. He was he was unlucky in in that year, okay. and in twenty twenty one his ERA was two six six and his X ERA was two seven four. His FIP was two seven seven. His X FIP was two seven zero. That's why he was being taken last year as like mm-hmm. the next mm-hmm. a next next ace. There's still remember there's a, still a conversation with McClanahan or or Glass now going into twenty twenty two. Yeah, before he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, it is heartening to see that he did pitch at the end of last year, right? So it's different. It's different than like a well, it's obviously different than a Walker Buehler situation. It's different than somebody who had TJ and they're saying, no, no, he's totally healthy in the off season before you've seen anything, right? He did mm-hmm. actually yeah, pitch. We did see it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I guess it, those guys that are taking him at forty four, you saw him and you thought you think okay, he's finally come home to roost. He's twenty nine years old. Yeah. He is handsome as all get out. <laughs> he has the stuff, and he just like this is it's gonna click. He got his uh, his um, TJ out of the system early. He's gonna be here and ready to go. I don't know what we are not the betting men who would do the say that. I, yeah, I was just saying. I, I was just thinking like I don't know what direction I'm talking myself into. I might I might be talking myself into like he's better, or I might be saying. Is an absolute stay away from me. I, I just don't know what direction I'm going yet. All right. Well, let me let me list a couple guys for you. Would you take Joe Musgrove or would you take Tyler Glass now? Uh, I would take Musgrove. Robbie Ray or Tyler Glass now? Uh, this is that's slightly team dependent because it would depend on how desperate I was for sure thing in K's. But I think I would take Glass now there. 
Okay. Tristan McKenzie. Oh, that's, I was been thinking a lot about Tristan McKenzie because our forecaster fails him. I would take glass now mm-hmm. there. Nestor Cortez. I'd take Cortez. Really? Well, I would, I'd, I'd take glass. Now I have a little, Cortez. I have a little, I have, well, let's keep going. Logan okay. Webb. Uh, glass now. Luis Severino. So glass now. Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright. I think glass now still. Logan Gilbert. Oh, that's an iffy one. I'd rather roll the dice on Gilbert, I think. Joe Kirby? I'd definitely on George Kirby, for sure. Blake Snell? Oh, my God. Blake Snell. What a combo. Uh, now, Glass now there. Clayton Kershaw? I love Kershaw. Get out of here. Hunter Green? Green. Okay. So, uh, or what? Lance Lynn? Glass now. Peralta? <laughs> Ready. <laughs> that's mean, because I have peralta uh i mean peralta has no role so glass now <laughs> okay so you, you you took him ahead of the majority of guys that, that was 25 to 40 okay. you went through the guys from 25 to 40 i skipped over nick Lodolo. yeah <laughs> before i talked about him way too much you want him more than those guys well, so okay so this is exactly where he's gonna go and you're going to you're gonna it is gonna be draft dependent if he's if he's in the middle Range, if he's in a high range of where he's put, uh, projected to go, so like pitcher 16, you're not going to get him. Yeah. If he's in the low range, like pitcher 43, you're going to get well, him. Well, I'm, but I, I'm also imagining it's, I think Glass now for me, it's going to be so dependent on who I have on my team. Like, I think in that exercise, I was mistakenly thinking, I don't have anybody. <laughs> I'm building from, I'm building from an empty base. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Say you had, if you have Garrett Cole, yeah. like you're gonna take Tyler Glass now. Right. If you took Jacob Degrom, you're like, yeah. I probably, I probably need Robbie yeah. Ray to right. like make sure that I actually get there, or even Shohei Otani. You're like, I'm not gonna get the innings. I need. Yeah, exactly. Someone. The other, I mean, the other thing about Glass now is that you're probably not gonna get any wins. <laughs> you're probably gonna be so low on wins, and so he's gonna pitch two times through the order, make it to the fourth inning. I mean, get yanked, not get a win. If you were going for like the ultimate Bastardo strategy, he would be a fun pitcher. <laughs> mm. Your first pitcher off the board if if you Yeah, could you imagine building the team around him? He's your first pitcher off the board. You get him at like pitcher number 30. That means an ADP of like just right before 100. Yeah. Then you're like, "Okay, we're not getting wins this year, guys." <laughs> <laughs> right, and then you just build the just build the team around that. Could be really interesting, but uh, I mean, I'm not brave enough to do it, but it'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Wow. What a what a what a great one to end on. <laughs> I know. Just question mark city. Who are we doing next week? Everyone. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools. Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too.